This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Would you guys turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 22, and again, happy Father's Day to you. And I hope that you have a time to take some activity to be with God today and give Him that happy Father's Day, that spiritual father that He is to us. Today we're going to be talking about how important it is, and I love how this video um, talked about presence. You know, uh, today statistics tell us about how people get into trouble. Whether you're a male or a female, there's such a struggle today when there's not a, a, a father that's present in a child's life. Not demeaning a mother at all. I'm just telling you that God has created us male and female. That's who he's made us to be. And each one of us play a pivotal place in society and in the kingdom. And so statistics again tell us that when a father is not present, that a child goes through scenarios and, and goes through struggles in this world. Well, it's the same thing in God. If you can be going to church, but it doesn't mean you're present with God. And so it's important that we have the presence of our Heavenly Father in our life. In fact, we were uh, praying with the elders uh, this morning, and I was thinking about, uh, you know, the New Testament. And it said that these disciples were uneducated men, but they took note that they were present with Jesus. That they were present with Jesus. So the presence of who Jesus was, was in their life. And, and of course, they were looking at that because the miracles and the signs and the wonders, it was just something that was kingdom powerful activity. I believe we're at this place in a pivotal time in society. I was talking to my daughter who's, um, and son-in-law yesterday, and, and they, you know, they, live in, they live in Chicago and they're up visiting again. And I was just sharing with them about I believe that there's a remnant that God's gonna raise up in the church today. And I'm not talking about just this church. I'm talking about the church that God's gonna raise up a remnant in. That there's gonna be a group of people within the church itself that are gonna rise up and be everything that God has called them to be. That I believe that the Holy Spirit is gonna have an outpouring again inside of the church. That because of this great outpouring that there's gonna be great things. There's gonna be this massive, fluid, Holy Ghost time again that's gonna happen in the church. I wanna be that part of the church, amen? And so I don't know what that's going to look like. All I know is this, is I have to invite the Holy Spirit in every day of my life. I need to keep inviting him in, keep inviting him in. In fact, if you were to be honest with yourself, you're inviting all kinds of things in this world in, whether it be food, whether it be thought, whether it be work, whether it be frustrations, whatever. You're inviting all kinds of things in every single hour of your life. How much time do you invite the Holy Spirit spirit in your life. How many times do you invite his presence, his presence of peace, his presence of hope, his presence of love, his presence of mercy, his presence of who he is inside of our life so that there might be this great outpouring of who he is. Today we're going to be studying, um, in fact we would turn to Genesis chapter 22 and then we're going to back up into Genesis 15, 17, and 18. We're going to go through Abraham as our study today. Abraham is called the father of faith. He's called the father to all of us 
in the faith. And we're going to talk about how that happens. We're going to talk about how Abraham made many mistakes. In fact, he really kind of grew up as a stepdad or as a, you might say, as an uncle, but really stepfathering Lot. And I think that that's how Abraham literally thought that was going to be his, uh, his lot in life. Anyway, that's what he thought he was going to happen. I think he really thought that was going to be his journey because Lot was his, his nephew and his brother, Terah, had died in, you know, in an early age in that day. And so now here he is, he's taking his brother's son into his life and he's raising him up. Being a father figure to him. And I believe stepdads, I believe, obviously, I'm an adoptive dad. I believe that father role isn't biological first. I believe it's spiritual first. And then I want to have all kinds of spiritual children, you know, in my life. I want to be able to speak the things of God. Now, what is a spiritual father? A spiritual father or a spiritual mother is someone who speaks the promises of God inside of someone's life. Right now, I'm working with a person, uh, a bunch of people at the gas station across the street. That seems to be one of my, um, I would say that's one of my harvest fields. And, uh, and one of the uh, young men over there, uh, we were just, I was talking to him. He always, I, I can't even get in the door. He goes, hey, Pastor Ron. And, and he's, he has a unique way of thinking. And so I go, what are you going to do this week? And he says, I'm going to dress up like a leprechaun. You know, and so I just, honestly, I don't even know how to address that. I'm like, God, in my spiritual father thinking, I don't even know where to go. And so I go, let me see your pictures. So we go through his phone and we see some leprechaun pictures. And I mean, they're really well, I mean, he's got a really awesome costume, you know? And so I just, I'm trying to um, hit on those intersections in his life. But many times I get back in my truck and he doesn't see this, but inside I weep because I don't know how to connect with him in Christ. And I believe that, that, you know, the Bible says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. I mourn for this world today. I mourn for the state. I'm not going to sit and get frustrated because people are in such a lost place. I understand their loss. In fact, I gave this illustration to somebody this week. I said, you know, if you saw a blind man beating his, his dog that was a blind, you know, he was a seeing-eye dog, and you saw him beating that dog, and he was ready to go across the street, and he was beating the dog, and the dog didn't even know what to do anymore, and yet all of a sudden you saw him walk in the street. Would you not jump and help him, even though you saw him do such abusive things to that dog? Today, we Christians are the seeing-eye dog, and we're beat up. And yet God is asking us to rise up and still help blind people cross the street. That is the scenario that we're living in today. It is not for us to go over there and say, man, I can't believe they're blind. Yes, the Bible says the God of this world that blinded the eyes of this world. We should be so thankful that we can see so full of his glory, so full of his light, that we might help the people that are even beating us up for what we believe and what we stand for. Amen? All right, let's turn to Genesis chapter 22. And again, we're going to be referencing Abraham. Verse 1, verse, uh, we're going to read through 18. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Early that next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place of God had told him. On the third day, Abraham looked up, saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over. We will worship and then we will come back. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac. He himself carried the fire and the knife. 
As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on that boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught up in its thorns. He went over and took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. To this day it is said that on the mountain of the Lord it will provide. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a good second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and not withheld your own son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of the enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Let's pray. Father, I ask by your Holy Spirit, that this message would come alive inside of us, that we could get past all of the physical or the human side of this and see your side. Your ways are higher, your thoughts are higher, and God, there's permanence, there's kingdom understanding here. Help us to grasp it and not only just to understand it, but literally be changed by it and that our lives would exchange from who we are to who you are. Thank you for the opportunity to get in your word today. It's, it's life, it's spirit, and we receive it as such. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. So what do we see in this uh, historical moment? First of all, Abraham is about 113 years old. And so we're gonna go back to the Bible, a few um, chapters to um, chapter 15, go to Genesis chapter 15, we'll get there in a moment. And so just a few chapters back, he's now 75 years old. So a few chapters back and we go through a lot less, you know, he's a lot younger. And 75, I wish it could be called young because I got a long ways to get there yet. But anyway, he's a lot younger in, in his journey. And all of us are in a journey. Maybe you're here new to God. Maybe you don't know anything about Jesus Christ and you're new in your journey today. Or maybe you're newer, or maybe you know what God is, maybe you're, you've walked with God for a long time and it's just a time of refreshing, but you know what, today can be a new moment, a refreshing moment of presence of God in our life. Or what can be is you can just treat it as old things, same old thing. It's up to you whether how you receive His power in your life. And Abraham has this test, and what I will share with you is this, is that God puts His plan he puts his desires inside of our heart and it will be tested in this life. That's the, I can't even make it any clearer to you than that. God will put his plan, his desire in your life. And fathers, you're supposed to show the next generation how you function through that test. 
This thing wasn't just for Abraham. How many of you realize that Isaac is 13 years old and his eyes are about this big? Because one minute he's laying at the altar watching his dad with a knife in his hand. The next minute he's watching how God, who comes, al- comes alive at that moment, he hears God's voice. It isn't just Abraham hears God's voice. He hears God's voice. He sees the provision and he watches his dad listen to God and see the tears in his own dad's eyes and say, dad would listen to God more than listen to the ache that was in his own heart. That is an aching, painful moment that Abraham is going to. How many of us trust God more than we trust our own activities or what we understand God wants us to do? Many of us will find ourselves in such a lack of trusting God in, us, in our situation. In fact, I heard a, uh, a sister testimony, and she shared it with me in a, a text message yesterday. She says, you know what? I decided to trust God in this situation, and God just exploded this moment in her life. A scenario of hurt and heartache with a loved one, and God just began, you know what? She just says, I'm giving up, I let go, and you know what? I'm just trusting God, and God just supernaturally, it's just like Abraham moment. You're receiving the seed that God has in your heart. All right, number one, Abraham could have been looked at like the father and the hero of faith. In Romans 4, 16, 17, it says this, so the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we live, if we have faith like Abraham. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because the Abraham believed in the God who brings back the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. So he's called the father, the spiritual father, because he believes in a promise. How many of you right now are at this place right now have promises that you have not seen come to pass in your own walk with God? Then we are reading some really great great passages for you today. Many of us are believing, yet have not received. Abraham is in this journey, in his walk, believing, and he's called a father because he chose to believe even though everything he had on the outside told him different. Maybe you're going through something physically. Maybe you have every symptom of a sickness in your life, and yet God says, believe me for healing, believe me for healing, believe me for healing. But yet I have every symptom around me, but believe me for healing. The promise is bigger on the inside than the symptoms on the outside. We've got to stop living from the outside. We've got to start living from the inside out. God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at your physical condition, and you're sitting there crying out, go God, can't you see this? Can't you see this? And God goes, I'm looking at your heart, sister. I'm looking at your heart, sir. And would you let me in so I can blow you up on the inside with my promise? And Abraham had the same problem. So let let me just tell you something. I don't know where you're at in your struggle or what step you're in. But Abraham had the same thing, and it takes time for these promises to become alive in our life. And you're going to waver, and you're going to doubt, and you're going to struggle with it. But it doesn't mean it's not alive. You need to receive it as his truth and his life. You can sit there and look at it from afar, and it may be something for somebody else, and you'll not receive it. It has to be yours. God is trying to get you to understand, as he who receives it, to them, the power of God rests. So the struggle isn't the promise. The struggle is always receiving the promise. That's the struggle. So being a father 
being a spiritual father, what God wants to do is he wants to go over your life and put his promise in. Now, I, I, not to, for the sake of being kind of weird on a, on a pulpit, but a male puts seed in a woman and she becomes pregnant. God said that he, we are his seed. And nobody gets that. He wants to put his promises, his power, his truth, his presence in our life. Now, we know a lot of times females and males, when they get together, there's a struggle with that woman receiving the seed, and therefore she doesn't become Come on, say it. This is not weak. This is just natural, amen? I'm just trying to tell you, God gives things in the natural because he's trying to show you something spiritual. That's what he's doing it for. So what's happening is, is that all of a sudden she struggles receiving that seed and therefore she doesn't become pregnant. Now let's go back and look at history really quick. Jesus became in Mary's womb because she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's seed of promise impregnated Mary. Now let's go back even further in Genesis chapter 1. All right, the Holy Spirit goes over the face of chaos. How many of you realize that we live in the world of chaos? Holy Spirit goes over the face of chaos and he broods over it because he's looking to pregnate his promises. So he impregnates creation with his promises and puts order in play. This is God's plan. It's always been God's plan. All of a sudden, one minute, Ephesians chapter 2, it says, all of a sudden, these are the things you used to want to do, and I love what my mentor says, you know what? I go out and drink all I want, smoke all I want, beat my wife all I want, because I don't want to. Because God literally put a new desire in my life, and all of a sudden, I start doing things I never wanted to before. I start praying, and where I never wanted to pray before, I start singing and worship, because I never wanted to, but now I'm doing the things, because God impregnated his plan and his desires inside of me. I'm a new creation, made in his image. I'm saved things, I'm doing things, and what's happening is, is because I'm receiving who he is in my life, therefore I'm becoming who he is in my life. But if I stop receiving, if I stop getting pregnant, then I'll never become what God's called me to be. So let's look at the journey of Abraham, how he became pregnant with this promise, if we could. Number two, spiritual fathers will call things into existence before they are. Recently, I've been going, through, uh, my life has had some crazy blessings, which is called crazy chaos in my life. And I'm realizing that um, there's this fruit of the Spirit, brotherly kindness, or in some ways, sisterly kindness. And I'm a person of principles. So sometimes it makes me unkind. I'm thinking, just let the principle, we'll get along great. <laughs> and so what sometimes that they're not getting the principle and I'm not being kind. So the, the principle for me is to have brotherly kindness or sisterly kindness. So I'm praying, say, God, this is, this is a Holy Spirit fruit. And um, I'm, my, my limb isn't very good and I'm not really bearing much here. And so I'm asking God, say, Lord, I want your brotherly kindness in my life. I want you. And you know, here's what happens in that journey. Just like Abraham, God spiritually what does he do? Impregnates me with the fruit or his seed of brotherly kindness. Because I'm asking for all who ask, all who ask, receive. 
So I'm asking for this brotherly, sisterly kindness to come over my life. And, and on account of that, I'm aware now of how unkind I can act at times. I ever, before I wasn't, even on, I wasn't even aware of it. Because God's holiness, God's visibility, God's perspective is more prevalent because I'm asking for it. You know, and so I'm asking for this, and now what I'm doing is I'm finding myself apologizing more, I'm asking for forgiveness more, and I'm recognizing that there's a change going on. It's not me trying to be better. I'm going, I'm going to be kind today. I could do that all I want, and I'd mess up, mess up every day. But God's promise can impregnate my life, and I can become who He is and what He wants to be. This is why I love being a Christian. I love being a Christian. Because it's not me that worketh toward it. It's his power that works in me. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. All I got to do is ask for it. You know, you got to watch it when you go, because you might, you ask for it. All right? So I, I'm asking for it. And you know what? I'm, I'm aware more and more of the sinner that I am. I'm more and more aware of my weakness so that he might be strong. Number three, a father will believe in his kids at the same time feel inadequate as a father. I feel inadequate all the time as a father, as a grandfather. I feel constantly realizing my fallacies, my shortcomings in life. And you know what? I'm, uh, this is just something that I've recognized. If you, you know, I'm, I'm not defending my way. I'm not getting defensive if I make mistakes, which I do make those mistakes, I'm, fond, I'm, I'm recognizing, God, help me to be the dad. And I, again, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this to you right now, that the only way that you're going to you become a great father is if you receive from a great father and take time to be in his presence. Take time to be in his presence. Number four, Abraham did not start his journey as a confident dad. Did not start his journey as a confident dad. In fact, um, if you read in the book of Genesis, you're gonna find that, um, that Abraham for a while there was, uh, he looked at his wife and she's so beautiful. What man doesn't wanna see his wife and she's so beautiful. He's scared of her beauty and tells her to say, look, when we go into these strange lands, tell people that you're my sister so they don't take, you know what, they don't take my neck. So how many of you recognize that Abraham's not confident? He lacks a lot of confidence. These are things that God chose to include so that we can see that Abraham grew in his faith. Stop judging where you are. Start getting excited about where you're going. I love the Bible. I love the book of Genesis because here it is. I'm watching a man become confident in who God made him to be. So here at 75 years old, I see this man who leaves his father takes his actual, his uh, brother's um, son and goes on a journey, Lot. And I think he's trying to be a father figure to this, is this um, um, Lot, and he's doing the right things. And there's conflict between Lot and Abraham. And to the point where Lot chooses to go live in a, a, another land, and you can look at it, that's where the Sodom and Gomorrah story all gets around, and we find that Lot goes over and it, at a time where he has to fight for his life, and Abraham fights to save Lot, even though Lot's making all these wrong choices. How many times us fathers got to fight for our kids, even though our kids are making wrong choices? 
Abraham seeks God and says, shall I go? And he goes, yes. And I, and I love this uh, passage because look at number, um, we're going to get to point number six right now. God's fatherhood is birthed into Abraham through a promise. In Genesis chapter 15, after this, it, it, whenever you see this, you should, what just happened? So you back up a little bit and after this, it, it was right after Abraham fought for Lot. Right after he had fought all these kings, after this, I, I think Abraham's heart broke. He's looking at his nephew. He's looking at the situation. Now let's read this. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who inherited my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, you have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is in your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If need, you can count them. And he said to him, so shall your offspring remain. And Abraham, in this moment, in this place of presence with God, believed the Lord. And he credited him as righteousness. Now, I want you to write this in your notes if you could. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 16, one of my favorite passages when I got born again, and, it, and I don't have it in your notes, um, or actually it's not on the screen, but 2 Corinthians 5, 16, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Stop evaluating who to vote for, who to not vote for from a human point of view. Stop it. Okay? Stop looking at others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. God wants you to know people through the Spirit. He wants you to know who he is, where he's at. Jesus walked on this earth and he says, that's where the Father stepped, that's where the Father stepped, that's where the Father stepped, and he followed in his Father's steps. Today, we seem to be following every human point of view, and we wonder why we're out of step. Of course you are. You need to understand the Holy Spirit, the Holy Father, that God is, he says he's ordered steps for you, but not from a human point of view, but from a God perspective. And you're not going to understand this God perspective until you take time to be the present with your Father. You need to take time, and for the weeks to come, I'm going to be sharing with how you can take and learn how to take time to be present with your Father in heaven. Number seven, waiting is not our strong suit. We already talked about Abraham, and here he is. He's kind of down, and he's having this vision from God, and God says, Eleazar, your servant's not going to be your heir. I, look at the stars. There's going to be as many as these stars. Here's this promise. So he's receiving this promise in his heart. But just like a lot of us, what happens? All of a sudden our flesh gets involved. And this is what we find out. We go, well, you know, God said it's going to happen. So we know from history that waiting is not Abraham's strong suit. But I know that waiting is all your strong suits, right? I mean, you guys are really, I mean, if there's one area of your life you can wait on God so strongly. No, we can't, right? And yet the Bible says in Hebrews, it says those who have faith and patience obtain the promises of God. It doesn't say those who have faith. It says those who have faith and, y'all got weak on the last one in there. Faith and obtain the promise. Receiving takes faith and patience. 
Waiting on it is not our strong suit. When we find that in Genesis chapter 17, verse 17, Abraham fell face down. He laughed when he said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live underneath your blessing. Let me just tell you something. All of us have a way we want God to answer our promises the way we want him to answer them. We want God to do what we want God to do for us. And yet here's Abraham going, you know what? I already have a son because my wife and I made this deal together because we got a little impatient with it. And so here's Ishmael, you know, this, here's this human point of view of God's plan. It's not God's point of view, it's human point of view of God's plan. And now they're working, and, and Abraham's going, oh, come on, God, can't you just fix, your, fix it a little bit, change it a little bit? Genesis 18, verse 10. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind, and Abraham had Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed. I want to just take a second. We just heard and read in 17 that Abraham laughed. And now Sarah laughed. And yet when Sarah laughs, God corrects her. Did you guys read this right here? It says, right here. And it says, when Sarah laughs, Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. In verse 14, it says, anything too hard for the Lord, I will return to you at the point of time. Can I tell you something? Who has to receive the seed? Sarah has to receive the seed from Abraham. Sarah has to receive the seed. So if she doesn't believe, it doesn't matter how much Abraham believes, it's, she's not going to get pregnant with God's plan. So God is trying to get Abraham pregnant with his plan, and he's trying to get Sarah pregnant with his plan. Let me tell you something. I believe God is trying to get a whole lot of us pregnant with his plan right now in this last day. Are you ready to get pregnant with God's plan? Are you wanting to receive? You're going to need to take time to be present with God to do such. And I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 11. We're closing at this. Verse 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was put to the test. We just, the whole thing we started about is that faith is always going to be tested. While the testing of his faith was still in progress, had already brought Isaac for the offering, he who had gladly received and welcomed God's promises was ready to sacrifice his own son, of whom it was said, though through Isaac shall your descendants be reckoned. For he reasoned that God was able to raise him up even from among the dead. Indeed, in the sense that Isaac was figuratively dead, potentially sacrificed, he did actually receive him back from the dead. So, here's what I want to share with you in closing. You can read Genesis chapter 22 account and lose sight of what happened in the spirit. In the physical, it looks like there's a couple servants and Isaac and, and Abraham's 113 years old, pretty tough dude at 113 years old, and he's walking to go do what God's telling him to do. It looks like just this journey, and it feels unfair. It feels like a test that none of us should ever have to have. I mean, God a murderer? What's really going on? You don't know what's going on spiritually. See, so many of us are looking at what's going on naturally. We're judging from a human point of view. 
In, in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, judge no one from a human point of view. So now we can, in Hebrews chapter 11, it gives us a picture of what spiritually has gone on in Abraham. Abraham has had this journey of promise. He's had many visions. Sarah's had this moment with God. And all of a sudden, now they're becoming pregnant with God's plan. Notice he didn't take Sarah with him. I mean, that mama bear would have showed up on that mountain. All right, so, all right, so here we are in this place. And Abraham is in this step with God. And spiritually, God's promise is so alive in him that it doesn't matter physically what he does. And how many times have I believed that God could heal somebody, but physically I feel fallacies in what I would do, or I may do it wrong, say it wrong, believe it wrong, and I put too much on a human point of view of what I do, and God is literally inhibited to his journey. God is trying to bring the same faith in me that he did in Abraham. He's trying to put the same faith of promise inside of you. But many of you judge yourself from a human point of view. And therefore, you resist, you quench, you grieve the plan of God, the promise of God that can come through your life. Guilty. Myself. Praying that God's faith would rise up in me greater than the doubt that constantly is delivered through me. All because I judge from a human point of view, whether it's me, myself, or, or someone else. After this service, elders, I want to tell you, um, we have a sister that wants to get prayed for her back. So we're, not, we're, we're already getting full, in fact, right now as I'm speaking, you're getting full of faith so that you can pray so that she is going to be healed. Amen? But many, so many times we look at things even looking around us, everything we judge is from a human point of view. We're trained that way, more so. In fact, if anything, the media has completely uh, made us sensitive to complete all these human viewpoints. Never have we had more human viewpoints thrown at us because of the media. I mean, I used to think years ago that my phone was one of my greatest blessings Man, I'd like to chuck that thing and never have to even look to it again. But because everybody's got a human point of view, they all have attitude if I did that. Anyway, so I've got to recognize it is a source of connection that I can have. But brothers and sisters, I've been sharing my staff, I'm sharing everybody else. Stop letting everybody else framework your thinking. What is the Holy Spirit talking to you? And if you can't hear what the Holy Spirit's saying, that's scarier than what all they are saying. We're living in an hour where the Bible says that my sheep hear my voice and follow me. He says, he's the gate. I just wrote a message this week. It says, he's the gate. And they know my voice and follow me. Yesterday I was at the gas station and there was a young man that used to go to the church and um, I thought I recognized him. He was in a car and he's in the passenger side. And I'm, and I'm filling up, you know, the, the vehicle. And I went, is that? Yeah, that is. And so um, the other person who was gassing up his car, and I go, is that so-and-so? I'm not going to mention his name. That'd be wrong. Anyway, maybe it wouldn't. But anyway, so I go, is that so-and-so in the car? Oh, yeah, because it was his friend. And so I went over there to the door. I go, how you doing? What's God doing in your life? 
you know, he put his head down because he saw me and he was hoping not to have that intersection. But you know, with that intersection, I didn't come to judge. Jesus didn't bring me on this earth to judge. He brought me on this earth to be present with God, to bring his presence of love and hope and peace. And so that people might see his presence and go, man, I miss being in the presence of God. God shares his glory with my life, a fallible creature, because people ain't looking this way. If people were all looking this way, I would stop preaching. I would have nothing to say. But people are only looking this way. So God, I pray your glory fill my life so they might not see me, but God, that they might see you, that they might see who you are. God, I'm a fallible creature. I, I react to, to road rage at times. I, I react to stupid sometimes. God, I react to the principles. I react to even the things you taught me. God, please teach me your ways that your glory might be expressed. I'm so sorry for making a mess of it in so many ways. Many times I'm driving away and going, Blew that again. Blew that again. God, I'm sorry. Would you please bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, I'm going to just take this moment to pray again. Father, I just ask God you to forgive me and cleanse me of my sin. Cleanse me, Father, from just being me. God, the way I've been, Lord, the things I've done and for years and years, habits I've stepped into, things I thought were right but weren't you, God. Or maybe they were a portion of you, but God, they weren't purely you. And Lord, I thank you for the purity of who you are. I thank you for the journey of knowing you. God, I pray that you help us as a people in this journey. Help us, Lord, the path. God, give us eyes to see it. Please forgive us for the times we get off, distracted. Help us to, Lord God, help us to have uh, so much love and, and kindness and mercy and, and, and understanding for those who are so blind. The Bible says that Satan is the God of this world and blinded their eyes. God, give them eyes to see. Help us not to be so humanly minded and human points of view. God, may we have yours. Oh Lord, here we are. We receive you in our spirit. Holy Spirit, breathe on us. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. Awaken us to your love and hope. Awaken us to your passion. Awaken us to realizing that you want to be present with us. A daddy in heaven wants to take time out of your crazy, busy schedule to meet us right here. You'd stop all heaven and just take a moment with each one of us. I don't know how you do that, but you can, God. You're the author of time. You can stop time just for a moment with us and have this window curtain time with us. You're so good. You're such a good, good daddy. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's not real, it's not present, it's not personal. And the Holy Spirit, you can feel your heart racing right now. That's him. He's knocking on your heart. He's so good. He loves you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray this prayer, and I want you that God's speaking to right now, especially speak this prayer. Receive this prayer as yours. Make it real and personal, because he's making it real and personal in your life. Let's all pray together. Say, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, I receive your forgiveness and your love. I'm in this journey 
I pray you help me walk in your path. In Jesus' name, I'm all yours. Amen. Let's stand up and let's worship our God together. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.